Hello to all those who've tuned in to our podcast today. I'm Aydin Jineja from the Girl Up Delhi Coalition. And today we have with us a very inspirational personality, Mr. Harish Tadhi. Mr. Harish is a leading gender rights activist who has pioneered efforts in India in 1993 as the co-founder and executive director of Men Against Violence and Abuse, also known as MAWA. He works with young men and boys to prevent violence in women. Mr. Harish, who's done his master's in social work from the Tata Institute of Social Sciences, has been engaging and mentoring thousands of adolescent boys and young men across the web, across India to address healthy relationships, toxic masculinity and sexuality related matters. He works towards redefining masculinity using out of the box methods like interactive workshops, cultural magazines, street theater and traveling film festivals. Currently, he's also consultant and trainer to corporates, universities, and NGOs on gender sensitivity, anti-sexual harassment at workplace, and other gender matters. A TEDx speaker, he has been invited to various national and international bodies like the UN Women and UNFPA to share insights and build capacities of various stakeholders on addressing issues of gender-based violence against women. He has been, he's received various awards in recognition of his pioneering and pioneering and significant work. He's been awarded the Usho Ashoka Changemakers Award US, Maharashtra Foundation Award, the Mukta Sanman Award by IBM, IBN Lokmart News Channel of the CNN Group, and the Sandvik India Diversity Award by the Sandvik Asia Private Limited. It's a pleasure to have you here, sir. Moving on Thank to the topic. You. Yeah. Thank you, Adrian, for this opportunity. Uh, I really look forward to an interesting conversation. Sure, sir. Let's move on to the topic of today's podcast. The topic today is gender-based violence. So gender-based violence refers to the harmful acts directed at an individual based on their gender. While this gives us an idea of what gender-based violence is, it merely touches upon the surface of the issue. I would like to ask for Harish sir's views, opinions, and thoughts on the same. So, you know, I mean, uh, we realize that whenever we talk about social issues in our country, you know, often people will talk about issues of population, issues of poverty, issues of, uh, you know, economic development. Somebody will talk about HIV AIDS. Some will talk about environment. But, you know, gender inequality or gender-based discrimination doesn't come in the top list of five social issues if you ask any layperson. So, unfortunately, I mean, the reality is that the first human manly made a kind of a discrimination in the history of civilization is gender-based kind of discrimination. So, you know, when, when I hear, utter the word gender-based violence, in a way, it is either synonymous with discrimination because the discrimination is what which will lead to violence. So, uh, you know, when we talk the word earlier, there used to be a word called VAW, violence against women. Now the word internationally used is GBV, gender-based violence. So what happens when we say gender-based violence? Primarily, it is meant that any kind of violence or abuse uh, largely on women you know I mean when the word GBV is uttered 
but today you know the word is also used to connote the violence as you said rightly when introducing on any gender it it is primarily against women and i would say other gender minorities like gay lesbian bisexual you know uh queer people uh, non binary individuals so you know any kind of violence on them any kind of discrimination on them also would connote uh so i have before me a definition by you know un general assembly they had said that any kind of violence that results in or is likely to result in physical sexual or psychological harm or suffering to women including threats of such acts coercion or arbitrary deprivation of liberty whether occurring in public or in private life so that's how the un assembly had defined it so primarily you know and we must realize that it's a very chronic problem it's a very long term issue because you know gender itself if we go to the roots of the understanding of the meaning so when we say gender how it is different from what we called as sex sex refers to the biological differences uh you know so a person who is born either the the child uh, the baby either as a baby boy baby girl or some of us know that there could be someone like an intersex child who may have the characteristics you know either physical characteristics of a male or female it's uh, it's ambiguous you know ambiguous. one is not sure so that may be one in 2000 one in 3000 you know but yeah. nonetheless there is there are intersex child which are born so now this is in the natural way this is something which is not in our hands how we are born either as a baby girl baby boy or a intersex person after being born how we should be living a life what should be our role in society what what should be a baby boy doing baby girl doing those i would say the words often use are norms you know ideas images about what it means to be a baby what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman so you know these ideas and uh, images and norms is what is called as gender so now gender is a social construct unlike sex which is a natural construct so what happens if the ideas about being a man or a woman are defined largely by the society it's a social construct so which means it is also amenable to change so you know the ideas about gender what it was 100 years ago that women should not be educated women should not learn beyond 10th uh, that is not required because her role is largely within the household within the family so over the times it has changed so similarly the dressing patterns of men what they used to wear traditional dresses at office places so what happens is um, you know all the arms of the society whether you call it the family as an institution whether it's a religion whether it's education whether it's governance or the fifth one i would say the media all these five important pillars of society they are the ones who reinforce ideas about being a man or a woman you know and after these ideas as a as a outcome 
is again ideas of a good man bad man good woman mm-hmm. bad woman right so and you know if i was telling as a pillar like religion uh, suppose if you called about hinduism which people say that it is as old as 5000 years old you yeah. know so which means that ideas about gender have been over the years several centuries passed on from one generation to the other so even if now we are in the 21st century and and some of us in principle agree about equality as a term but still the ideas which have been carried on for years uh and these ideas are leading to what i would say as prejudices or phobias or attitudes right uh so therefore they also need to be changed unfortunately there is not enough attention as much as would have been you know because these ideas become uh, very strongly uh, rooted in all our behavior all our day to day life so that's why you know this issue when i say gender based violence one has to see with um, you know like uh, up till now we have been looking at gender either in binaries what we say you know when i say binaries it's largely a heterosexual cis man or a woman you know either a cis man or a cis woman looking beyond these two there can be many other kinds of genders you know so now in today's internationally scenario people are talking about all kinds of genders you know in our country there are recognized genders now only three i mean formally recognized man woman and the third is transgender recognized yes. by the supreme court but in actual living you find that you know that there are more than different permutations and combinations what is the role a person should be assigned with at birth and what role he or she or they take for themselves you know which they define and you know there is an interesting phrase in english called right to self determination of one's own gender you know so sadly speaking in our country in our society indian society the role is not defined by the individual but rather by the other arms of society that is so, indeed a sad scenario but um, we can hope that it will better itself in near future um and looking at it society i mean to for us to progress as a civil as civilization and as humanity as a whole i think inclusivity is very important and you know not having any sort of um bias against a specific against anybody for whatever reason so i had a question regarding this so we we talked about like what is gender and there's been so much of you know stuff against you know have against the people who are not classified in the regular man or woman uh, sort of categories but why does this happen like why is why is gender based violence so and you know there are violence against these genders so why is it so deep rooted in society very right a question so you know uh, one of the important you know society when you say it consists of structures you know uh you know there are certain rules codes how one should behave right all these pillars which i told you like whether it's family education governance 
they are the ones who decide how the society should function so what happens is a uh, one of the important structure you know is what is called as patriarchy now that's a latin word a combination of two words patri and archi archi means rule of and patri means father now literal meaning would be rule of the father but if you understand the um, significance of this term it actually refers to a system or a framework in society where the power is transferred you know from one man to another man and also from that other man to another third man so you know a society which keeps this intact and passed on from generation to generation that structure is called patriarchy so you know um, and there were there are examples to tell that earlier we used to have a matriarchal system sometime many many years ago centuries ago so which means that women were revered and worshiped you know the harappa mohenjodaro civilization if one goes there but you know gradually the means of production as soon as men started cultivating and cropping and they realized that you know the ownership of production as an issue and the moment something what is surplus was generated the men's attitude was by and large that i will control i will take ownership this is my land this is my property you know so they were fencing around the the place of uh, you know uh, cropping and all so as a result you know these ideas about ownership possessiveness they came so before that if you see like this is another very interesting theory that you know when in the pre hunting stage where men and women were going out for gathering of food and all you know so the moment men realized that oh women can become a pregnant uh, due to my contribution as a man that i will put in the seed and yeah. so therefore important should be given to me you know so and i who will take care of not just the woman in my life but also other elderly also children so you know he took on the onus the responsibility on himself on roles which were not mutually given or divided between say man and woman it was like self decided like you know the moment so you know this is one theory but the important thing is a marriage for example as an institution uh, which is so old so you know before marriage as a formal institution came there were men and women staying with each other and whatever children they got you know the offspring that was passed on but you know the moment as an institution so we have a well known historian in maharashtra called v k rajwade you know he says that marriage as an institution came simply to ensure that the uh, dominance of man over woman is sustained you know like uh, for example when a man in the typical hindu saptapadi form of viva where they take the seven vows and the seven phases that time you know the hymns which are sung are such that you know uh, they are in sanskrit and you know the would be bridegroom or bride do not understand the meaning but still they recite and some of these shlokas or hymns are that in times of distress and calamity it is i who will take care of you now see 
which means the man will take care the husband will take care of the wife and not the other way around not the way that we both will take care of each other yeah. such kind of him is not so you know i mean the and it's in a way like you know you are you are having a big reception you are having a wedding ritual where you are telling the gathered participants look from today onwards she is as if my property you know my, so yeah, that's my responsibility how, instead of it being yeah. like a mutual sort of relationship with each other so you know what what the key thing i was trying to tell that you know all these subsystems of society they have been reinforcing ideas on gender on what it means to be a man and a woman over several several years and centuries and and the whole overall system which enables this is called patriarchy so what happens patriarchy wants to ensure that the the order has to be maintained that men should have control and power over others you know and the others are all subordinated right so when i say the others it would include women but it will now we would say in the larger sense of the thing include non binary individuals include all the other gender minorities so so what happens there's a word in english which is called heteronormativity so what you know like if you have to ensure that you know the the generation continues with this kind of order of male supremacy then you have to ensure that all people should be married and when they, they when they are married that means it, you know biologically producing children that means that it should be the marriage between a male hetero male and a female only you know so to so anything which is obstructing anything which is challenging anything which is questioning this order Yeah. is something which people those who believe in the supremacy of men do not like that uh, status quo to be challenged you know so therefore and you know so what happens when those who are disadvantaged those who are weaker you know yeah. they will be in the forefront of the struggle so as yeah. a result women have been in the forefront and now we see that non binary individuals yeah. lgbtqi community support groups are in the forefront but you know what happens and as a result of that today what we see is that a large number of women and non binary individuals are feeling empowered they are assertive about their rights which is a very good thing but what has not changed which we will come to you know in the forthcoming questions that uh, you know the men's uh, attitudes what has not changed is that men are disconnected from all these issues because they are issues that are seen only of the women only of the other disadvantaged if they are being discriminated then it is their issue but the reality is why are they being discriminated and who, who is, is discriminating and what is what is the basis of that discrimination yeah, yeah you know talking to you like this uh, sort of sort of gave me the thing that you know there have been very subtle ways and on which uh, sort of there have been like different factors which have contributed to gender based violence in society but they've been very subtle they haven't been very glaring in your face so and how you mentioned that you know how the weaker people who are being who actually the victims are sort of coming forward and feeling empowered now we seen how women's in, involvement and other um other victims are coming up in it playing and you know they played a role in addressing gender based violence in society 
So, and I know that you work as, you know, a pioneer in the space of gender-related work. So, you know, how can men and boys and, you know, people basically who sort of discriminate against the victims can play a role in addressing gender-based violence? So, I mean, you know, that's the very critical question which my organization and myself over the last, say, three decades I have been asking and, you know, uh, what I would say, advocating for, you know, involvement of men. Mm. So, you know, as I was just telling that, where does the discrimination or the violence resulting out of the discrimination, where does it come from? It's the, through the attitudes that men hold the key to power and supremacy. They should be dominant. They should be the ones, uh, controllers of all the pillars of society. You know, they should be involved in the key decision-making of the nation. You know, all these ideas which are there that give a important status to the men and all the other subordinated status. So if that is so, and I was just telling that this is all social, this is not natural, which means it is subjected to change, which means that by birth, men are not violent, by birth, they are not aggressive. It's the socialization which is faulty and the ideas and norms about being a man or a woman which are at the core. So which means they are subjected to change. So, you know, very interesting, like my organization, Mawa, how it was born. It was born through a small advertisement, a sort of an appeal, which a well-known journalist gave in the year 1991. You know, uh, in the Indian Express newspaper, uh, he was writing along with his team an article on domestic violence. You know, the words used that time were wife battery. So, you know, in that article, he had thought of an innovative way that let me put up an appeal. And the appeal was like this. Wanted men to believe that wives are not for battery. And if you are a man wanting to stop or prevent uh, this kind of violence, please write to box number so and so. Now, you know, this journalist named C.Y. Gopina gave that unusual ad, unusually worded ad. And uh, I, who was a trained social worker, I had done my master's in social work from the TIS and I have my own ideas that it is important to work with men as a part of the solution. And I had my own ideas that, you know, changing the, identifying the male perpetrators is not enough. That you need to work towards change and transformation of the so-called powerful. So I had my own ideas. What is interesting, 205 men responded, including me, to that ad. And it's through that 205 men, some 90 who were from Mumbai, they were called by this journalist after a month of compiling all the data. And 30 men turned up. And this, these 30 men actually gave birth to this organization in the year 1993. So that way we are the India's first such. So, you know, and in the last 28 years, we are right now in our 29th year. So 28 years plus what Mawa has done is through our work, we have shown that men and boys can be agents of change. They can contribute towards the transformation, towards the shift in attitudes, which is so, so necessary, you know, if you want a healthy society. So, you know, if so, 
to answer your question so if men are seen as part of the problem you know this is the phrase i would say which means men's attitudes are part of the problem if that is rightly so seen by many stakeholders then men should be also part of the solution Agreed. you know and and it's always another dimension to it that those men who say that they are not violent those men who say that they are sensitive and caring to their women in their lives uh, i would say that there is a role for such men also to play a role in ensuring that there is a gender equal society and therefore also it is important to engage men so one is you know so the role which a men's organization or any group of men can play towards one i would say stopping the gender based violence and the second is preventing yeah. so these are the two aspects when some violence is happening or about to happen any kind of gender based violence we'll yeah. come to the forms yeah. shortly but what i'm trying to tell is one is ensuring to stop that kind of violence from happening and the second is to prevent ensure that it doesn't happen in the first place yeah. now both are very critical both needs to be worked and and men and boys especially younger boys adolescent men they all can play a very vital role because uh, they can question these norms that have been happening over the years and they themselves can set an examples by questioning those and by taking an active stand for women in their lives you know the women can be their mother can be their sister can be their brother's wife you know even if they are very young they may be 12 14 15 you know they all play can play an important role because you know like this is such a chronic problem and i was telling that it's not social workers or ngos or government that can play a role you know each and every individual can contribute to that change you know the transformation which all we are aspiring for yeah because the young men the young boys and the, like the adolescent men they are at a very impressionable age so you know they are at an age where they will be forming the future of society and they could be led right or led wrong at this point at that stage in life so it's very important to yeah you know sort of get them into the solution and you know something that is affecting the society as a whole it is not only the victims who need to stand up it is also correcting the the people who are actually victimizing them so you know, uh, i had another question so we talked about like gender based violence so is gender based so in my from what i know now gender based violence is an umbrella term so you know there like subsets underneath that so sort of could you like sh- shed some light on what types of gender based violence are there yeah sure so you know uh, when you say gender based violence uh, there are actually four types of gender based violence they could say that one is physical where the strength physical uh, you know using force using uh, uh, physical power you know over the other gender or any other gender you know one is physical which uh, either using your part of your body over the other overpowering over the other or using a a, a thing using anything which is handy whether it's a, a rod or anything to hit the other person so physically harm the other person so one is physical which most of us know 
the other is emotional psychological you know they can be clubbed in any way emotional psychological and i would say even verbal they would come under one particular bracket so you know it can be like you know a married couple where the woman is being blackmailed by the husband that you know that her communication with the children will be curtailed will be you know ensured that she doesn't talk uh, you know freely now that is a sort of a emotional that is a sort of psychological right. kind of violence you know ensuring that the girl is, for example is not allowed to go to her natal family to her parents place as often as she would like to you know right. now this is just a simple example i'm giving so you know in day to day life where the control or dominance of man over the woman in his life you know it can be so varied so as i said physical was one then i said psychological or emotional third can be economic now economic can be you know where the property or you know uh, the the ownership to you know uh, economic things in life whether it's earnings so you know a highly educated girl also if she is asked by her in-laws to submit her salaries at the end of the month to to the in-laws mm. rather than she deciding for it or mm. a, or a joint bank account which is in the name of husband and wife but the husband is only operating it without mm. the knowledge of the wife you know if the instructions of operation are such that either of them can operate but mm. the husband is very cleverly manipulated got signatures on certain things you know mm. now that is a form of economic abuse you know or or we have seen you know the domestic violence act mm. uh, first time uneducated elderly women realized that mm. they were subjected to some form of discrimination when the uh, their their sons were about to sell the property without the knowledge now see mm. this is a very these are all day to day occurrences that you know different forms of economic so you know women like jewelry but you know if the jewelry which they wear the bills or receipts are in the name of men the wearers are women so you know it's all you know whether it's the household name the you know the flat name or even in rural areas you know the land papers which are called like satbara you know those uh, land papers are all in the name of largely men so you know if at all any dispute arises you will always hear example of two brothers fighting and yeah. going to the nearby court you will never hear a sister or a mother has fought for her rightful share because such kind of things you know or even a married woman now you know the right to property we all know that it has been passed where yeah. even a sister would have the equal share as yeah. what a brother is but you know in places like maharashtra so called progressive state you will find that you know there is something called that the brother is made to write a letter mm-hmm. you know to her his married sister that you know his uh, the sister is saying that you know on my own free will i am giving my share to my brother because i don't need it i am i'm taken care of my husband well off and you know i don't mm-hmm. need so you know and that is called as bakshish patra like as if in gift i am giving away my own rightful share so brothers make the sister write such kind of letter you know 
too tactful ways and all that you know so even though so you may have a progressive law which says that women have an equal mm-hmm. share but actual practice it's not being followed so you know so economic is the third form and the fourth form is sexual sexual kind of violence which is least talked about because of the taboos related to sexuality and you know there are so many layers of mm-hmm. when you say sexual form of violence so for example marital rape is a topic which is right now being talked about you know there's a petition before the supreme mm-hmm. court that something like this which happens within the four walls and which is not being talked about you know but it has been a phenomenon in our country that a large number of women are subjected to different forms of sexual abuse now even that is when you say the forms of uh, gbv gender based violence that is also one of the forms so physical psychological uh, economic and i would say the last one sexual so these are the four different forms but now these can be again you know uh, not just domestic violence but i would say even the life cycle of a woman uh, mm. even before she is born there are tests which are conducted on a pregnant woman and therefore you know the the right to live itself can be snatched of a yeah. girl would be born so you know from there if you say as the girl is growing up there are direct and subtle forms of discrimination in the way of food habits in the way curbs to her mobility then you find that uh, different forms of harassment and abuse at home and in public places so you know and then gradually if she decides to marry then post marriage the different kinds of violence and abuse workplace there are different forms of violence and abuse and you know later you will find that um, when you say gender based violence it's then molestation and rape they would come so sadly speaking what happens in our country whenever somebody talks about gbv gender based violence it's usually a, a a molestation rape or at the most in recent times people would talk about sexual harassment but you know the the day to day forms of violence or you know which i would say like misogyny or mm. sexism mm. that that is casual sexism that is apparent in day to day conversations in the kind of jokes which are mm. uh, exchanged or passed on you know on whatsapp and other forms you know so unless people take a stand on those you know then only you will be able to prevent the other severe forms of violence so you know uh, one when i say the forms of gender based violence so if you see that it's a spectrum of mm-hmm. violence so before birth after birth and in the formative years in mm-hmm. the girl's post uh, being an adult until her old age you find that in the entire life cycle of a woman different forms of gender based discrimination and violence takes place true and it's very really sad to even you know when you think about it you realize that uh you through a child and infant even a fetus who has done nothing wrong is not has not done anything is also subjected to such cruel things before even you know stepping out on earth and so gender based violence is becoming a topic that has that has been like it has been prominent in the past few decades 
and there are like various terms which keep cropping up so in the past few years this term called toxic masculinity has come up so i mean could you like explain what it is and how it should be addressed yeah so you know uh, when you say the term toxic masculinity it would refer to that kind of that kind of behavior or attitudes masculine behavior which is a uh, harmful uh, which is toxic you know because the word toxicity literally would mean of poison which is of spreading venom which is spreading you know uh, a negativity so toxicity when you say uh, we are very sure to tell that you know that this kind of masculinity is not there in all men one that should be very clear and only in those men where this kind of behavior is there you know which is stemming out from the dominant kind of a notion of manhood where you know he should be controlling over others where he should be the decision maker where he would you know uh, try to use violence as a response you know so i always say that there are three markers of the traditional form of masculinity in our society one is what he called as performance uh, as a marker where a man is supposed to perform certain roles right. now roles of a provider roles of a protector you know he has to take care of everyone in the family he has to ensure that you know the uh, the the women are protected against right. others as brothers they are supposedly as as husbands you know right. they are supposed as fathers so you know one is that role performance where he has to be the main earner he has to be always a winner and achiever never take a no of a woman you know all that kind of performance uh, which some activists say that it is from bedroom to boardroom you know which means yeah. at all levels he has to perform a man is seen by that performance yeah. the second marker is risk taking a man who really takes risk in life is seen as a real man you know like somebody who chal- challenges somebody who you know is willing to put his life at stake at times you know that is seen as a real man and the third is violence as a marker so if you know the first uh, marker he is not able to adhere of performance then it is all right for a man to hit back to the other person it's all right for a man to resort to violence you know it is seen as perfectly sort of a legitimate by the society that it is all right for a man you know to respond in such a way so these three markers are the one which shape up ideas of toxic masculinity and the toxic kind of behavior so persons like me would say that such kind of behavior we have seen over the years and especially by feminists and a women's rights activists that you know this kind of behavior how it has impacted women and girls has been studied but how this kind of behavior impacts men and boys also in different way and in a negative way which is harming them also as individuals you know that has not been as well understood or studied or examined and persons like me who work with men and boys we feel that it is important that if you have to connect men to these issues of 
gender based violence and discrimination that that means they have a role to play if they realize that such kind of behavior is not just harming the women and the general society but, but it well. is also harming them for example a man man who is told that he has to be the main bread earner and yeah. suppose that he is jobless for months yeah. or he is not earning as much as is expected of by the society yeah. by, by his own family that means in the eyes of all others he is a failed man now yeah. what happens if he is not able to adhere to the norms of expectations of a society then what happens in his own icc is that i am not a good man yeah. you know and so uh, a man who is supposedly to control his emotions never cry in front of others yeah. you know and just giving even expressing his own of uh, uh, spontaneous feelings yeah. and emotions you know if he is supposed he is supposed to as if wear a mask where you have to show that i'm always powerful always a winner in control of the situation but you know the vulnerable face of man is something which you know and then there are again expectations that if men who are in such a situation they should never take the help of anyone else say suppose the help of a psychologist a counselor then it would be demeaning for a man yeah. to take so, you know all that hinders and actually impacts the men themselves their way of life their their own humanization of life you know their lives become dehumanized and this is what you know and and there are so many pointers in society right now you know for example the number of men going through depression and resorting to suicides for example you know and this is a very interesting phenomenon i'm telling that world over the number of suicides among men is higher three times or four times higher than that of women not just in india and what are the various factors that tell you the reasons for that it's the suffocation of men themselves within that they are not able to adhere to the expectations of the society and therefore you know they feel that uh, the emotions which are suppressed the you know the feelings which are uh, left to themselves and never find any outlet so it's like bottling up of emotions that happen so all this will take a toll in some form or the other either through addictions or through some form of violence Sure. and that is going to harm men themselves their quality of life and you know this is where you need to uh, bring to the attention of the especially impressionable young minds the children of today that this is what you know if you are looking for a healthy society you need to pause and relook you know at uh, this kind of toxicity you know which is coming in the way yeah the societal notions of masculinity are you know are detrimental to to everybody in general you know even people who are supposed to be masculine people who you know the other genders like women and all who are supposed to be feminine so this is really you know affecting both of them negatively and honestly it's a very it's just it has no value so i think this This is something that should be eradicated from society at the earliest. So you know we were discussing this, and then your organization Mawa came up. Um, 
So can you like sort of tell us what your organization does, its role in like stopping and preventing gender-based violence and like some major outcomes or like e-learnings in your journey up till now? Yeah, so, you know, it has been a wonderful journey last 28 years where Mawa has grown, you know, from that small ad that gave birth to us. You know, we were a group of seven, eight men those days. Um, you know, doing all our other commitments and then giving time because we were struggling. You know, it was a big period of struggle where we had to look out for office space, which was not readily available for even next 10 years. So we were all operating from our homes because this was not seen as a priority even then. Uh, and then, you know, when persons like me were wanting to work full time, uh, we were not given uh, that kind of financial support. Like, look, as an organization, we are giving you a grant mm. so that you concentrate on your project work or, you know, ideas. So, you know, as a result, you know, our initial years, formative years were full of struggle and hardships where, you know, I and my team members, we were working elsewhere and mm. for our bread and butter. And then on Saturday, Sundays and weekends and evenings, you know, we yeah. were giving time for this, uh, the work of Mawa, you know, like reaching out to people. So, you know, we evolved very gradually, right from, you know, uh, taking stands for yeah. the women in society. If there were any incidents happening, like I remember the among the first incident was of a young girl, Dipti Khanna, who was standing at a bus stop. She was a college going girl. And somebody threw acid on her face. And when we actually studied deeply that what actually transpired that a man who wanted to throw that kind of acid through his wounds uh, on his wife, but actually instead of wife, this girl was standing at the bus stop. So, you know, this girl who was in several burns uh, and pain was constantly telling to the mother, his her mother, that what was Salma's uh, kasur? What was her fault that this man wanted? It was like the price paid that for her to be away from her husband and, you know, uh, living a life on her own. Mm. So what you call as jilted love, this kind of cruelty. So, you know, those were the questions which Mawa had set out to tell the larger world and we found that this young girl was asking those questions and when we raised money for her surgeries we made made an appeal to people so in a month's time we raised something like 75,000 which was a big amount which we mm. ourselves didn't have those days that kind of money and among those people who contributed were there were prisoners from Nashik jail who sent some 12,000 rupees of, of their hard-earned savings. And they write with a poem to Dipti saying that we have done severe crimes, uh, Dipti, mm-hmm. but kindly forget, forgive yeah. these men who, you know, because we ourselves cannot think of disfiguring a face, you know, in mm-hmm. our own life. So, you know, that was a very touching gesture and that is for which Baba was trying to tell that men can also change Men can also contribute to, you know, uh, yeah. positive, transformative things in life. And, you know, so those were the, that was the first incident. But thereafter, a series of, uh, you know, several contemporary happenings in society, Baba took up a stand. Mm-hmm. And then gradually, you know, we started moving to awareness raising in a big way. 
but the biggest kind of milestone was you know some 13 years ago when i started a uh, work with a group of young men in rural pune district uh, next to mumbai and this was like some 33 boys i worked intensely and sensitize them engage them so that they realize these issues what is gender what is sexuality what is masculinity and then they will reach out to their peers same age group other boys and spread messages you know as champions of equality yeah. and women's rights you know and this was all done through different tools and methodologies yeah. like you know a wall newspaper made by the youth and put up on the notice board which will generate dialogue every two weeks so the yeah. wall newspaper i encourage them how they should prepare how they should have a dialogue you know and girls who were their classmates they were responding they were liking it that this is a mm-hmm. program meant for boys but finally it is going to empower them in the yeah. long run so you know different tools like speed theater film festivals you know workshops which are interactive participatory all this were evolved uh, through me and my team gradually so this 13 years last Uh, so what it began in Pune with a set of 33 boys gradually spread to nine other districts, and I'm happy to say that this kind of gender sensitization and mentoring program this started last year in three other states outside Maharashtra. So in Assam, Gujarat, and Karnataka, I'm developing a pool of these youth leaders who are all male between 18 to 22 years. and they will be reaching out and multiplying the effect to reach out to more and more number of young men and boys so this was our main flagship uh, has been our main mm. flagship program but apart from this we bring out a magazine by men for men it's in marathi uh, from maharashtra you know it has stories poems all written by men for men we translated them in a form of a book some of the best articles and the book was titled breaking the mold so all this has been a very fantastic journey that now you know people people who were looking with skepticism when we were new are now talking about collaborating joining hands mm. you know so it's a long journey where we have come and there are more and more groups which are wanting to collaborate with us you know But join hands you know work together in alliance so that is a very heartening change you know which i see i'm sure it is and, and it's really wonderful to see to you know hear about your journey and what you have what you came from and what you've accomplished in now i'm sure whatever you'll accomplish in the future so so i think this will bring us to the end of today's episode uh an ending note for the listeners uh at the end of the day we're all humans and um, regardless of whatever we identify ourselves as and let us not let that humanity extinguish within us so this will bring us to the end and stay tuned for the next episode thank you and this was brought to you by galadali coalition